Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking about summer money tips with one of my very favorite certified financial planners, David Waldrop.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. All right, so this week marks the start of our full week of summer money tips. We are bringing you lots of different tips from lots of different experts, all talking about different ways to get your money in shape for the summer. And I don't know about you, but I happen to love the summer. Um, It's actually a little thing called June gloom that happens pretty much every June in Los Angeles here. It's cloudy and cool. And then for some reason, like July 1st happens and it's just boiling hot and summer is just here. But no matter where you are, hopefully uh, you're enjoying the summer. Hopefully it's a time for you to relax and maybe take some time off, go on vacation. Speaking of vacation, we're actually going to be taking a little hiatus on Millennial Money Podcast. Uh, We're going to be off for about a month starting next week, but we are going to bring you twice a week some of our best episodes with a little maybe different intro, um, but we're going to bring some of those episodes back that maybe you haven't heard if you're a new listener. If you've been listening since the beginning of the podcast, maybe it's just kind of a reminder of some things to think about to, you know, get your money in shape for the summer. So Again, that will start next week, but you can be sure to hear us at least twice a week. It'd be a great time for you to go back and listen to some of the episodes that maybe you've missed. And then in mid-July, we'll come roaring back with a ton of new episodes, a ton of new guests, some giveaways, just some more awesome content. This is a time for us to kind of, you know, regroup and and take a breath as well. Uh, Like I said, my birthday is in early July, so when I come back to you in July, I'll be a year older and hopefully a lot more refreshed. So I hope you enjoy this podcast today with my friend, David. Uh, He's got some stellar tips. Check out the show notes to see uh, links to all the different things that we talk about in the podcast. And it is time. There's no better time than right now to get your money in shape for the summer. All right, David, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am super excited to talk all about getting your summer money in shape. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So um, let's start out with just learning a little bit about yourself. Maybe tell the listeners, you know, kind of what you do, what your day looks like and, um, you know, what it means to be a CFP. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's interesting. So, so CFPs, the, the, the subject area, as you know, is, is so broad. Um, And you could have one certified financial planner that is, focused in just one area, uh, like they could focus purely on retirement plans or one could focus purely on insurance. Yep. And I've kind of enjoyed keeping mine a little bit broad, um, and being able to work with clients, helping them manage their investment portfolios, but going a bit further than, than that and, and kind of taking a holistic approach without, overwhelming the client, of course, which can easily happen. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it's so important these days, you know, I, I'm a big fan, honestly, of the holistic approach, because I think that we can get almost too siloed. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm sure your practice is kind of the same as mine. It doesn't mean that you don't call on certain experts to help in certain areas, you know, when we're, you're working with clients. Absolutely. Now it's, it's one of those things where 
you know, we all kind of get in our little areas of, of comfort zones and comfort zones can, can be bad <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's important to get out of the comfort zones, but then you know, your practices kind of evolve. And I, I became a CFP in 2003 and that getting that credential for the company that I worked for, they, they then immediately wanted to move me into the wealth management division of, of the bank. And I found myself just focused 100% on doing financial plans for people that had, you know, real high net worth. And I was very dissatisfied with that, that work. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then Time went on, my career moved in different directions and ended up uh, acquiring a a practice from a gentleman who was looking to retire. And then I I found that I really enjoy helping people get organized. I mean, if you could describe what I do, there's so many misconceptions about what investment advisors and certified financial planners do. And if if I could describe it, it would be helping people get organized and understand what they have and what they need to do to get to a certain place, whatever that goal may be. Yeah, I love that description. And it's so very true. You know, I I think, um, you know, you're a kind of outside set of eyes that can help kind of pull all of these different pieces together that often just stay fragmented because that's kind of how we think about things. Well, it can be overwhelming too. Yeah, Um, yeah. Talk about a lot lot of stress, right? Yeah, there's... what I've, what I've observed to, and not to paint with too broad of a brush, but, you know, a lot of times I'll get introduced to somebody who maybe hasn't done anything, um, you know, and, and they're, they're at a point in their life where, you know, maybe they're in their early thirties or mid thirties. They haven't been putting any, any money away. Maybe they have a couple of kids. They haven't started any 529 plans or done anything like that. And they come to me and they feel like, all right, I got to, I really got to get going. You know, there's a sense of urgency and, and sometimes panic and they have this uh, desire to try to tackle everything at once. And what I found is that, you know, a lot of times people can get overwhelmed. If you try to tackle all the financial issues that need attention all at once, it can really lead to burnout. And I've seen people start the process and then just abandon it because it just becomes too overwhelming. And so I've kind of gotten to a point where I've actually found myself talking people out of doing too much at once and then just taking some bite-sized pieces. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's awesome advice. And I try and tell the listeners that all the time, you know, just to take it one step at a time, one thing at a time, you know, so then you can really, you know, avoid the burnout and the stress. Yes. So we're talking about summer money here and you wrote an article that I just loved and it was a little twist. It was talking about spring cleaning your finances, but I thought, you know, some of these tips are so good for summer money that I'd love to talk about them. So the first one that I think really hit me was your tip about have you left any retirement funds behind? I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about why, why is that important? Why is that maybe something you should think about this summer? 
Yeah, it's a it's one of the things that I see most often. Um, and you know, we in general we work at a lot of different jobs now, and we work in a lot of different ways. And you know, our our parents' generation much more common to be with an employer for many more years. Now, by the time you're 35, you could have had five different jobs and, and that's normal. Well, if you get started with these em- employers and you opt in for their retirement plan or you receive or become eligible for a profit sharing contribution, then you go to the next employer. You know, next thing you know, you could have three to five old 401ks or other types of retirement plans um, left behind. And it can be very difficult to get your arms around your investments if they're scattered all over the place. Mm -hmm. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Yep. So is it is it something you should think about, you know, potentially rolling everything, if it's right for your situation, roll everything into one? Or is it just to make sure that you know all those retirement funds that are floating out there? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, some people are more organized than others. And I've rarely seen anyone be able to really adeptly handle more than three separate accounts out there. And there's a lot of compelling reasons why you should consolidate. It's it's not always 
the right answer. But most often, if you've got these small balances that are left over in, in some of these retirement accounts, and small is, is relative, right? Sure. But um, the idea that are you really going to be able to effectively keep up with rebalancing those uh, those portfolios or or reevaluating what funds you're in are they still highly rated by Morningstar are they are they low cost and you know if you're uber organized and your money is in the top tier 401k plans which side note most people's aren't um, <laughs> but if if you are in one of those big plans that has very very low costs and it's a great plan great investment choices Sure. But most cases, people are better off finding a way to reduce things down to the lowest common denominator. And I hate to throw in, you know, some math in in this conversation. We're we're ready. We're ready. Yeah. I mean, in dealing with, you know, fractions, uh, but, you know, really kind of getting back to the idea of consolidating down so that you don't have to be burdened with keeping up with multiple redundant account accounts out there. And so if you, you know, maybe you're at a new company and the new company has a 401k plan and they, that plan allows for rollovers. Maybe you consolidate your old 401k plans into the new 401k. Uh, maybe you have an IRA that can serve as the retirement bucket to hold all those retirement accounts. But then once you consolidate, you really just kind of declutter and, um, and I think that's an important step when cleaning up your finances. Yeah, I think that's, that's so important, you know, and I think it's something we don't, we don't pause and take time to do. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden I've had a ton of people ask questions on this podcast of, you know, it's at the point where, yeah, I have five or six or seven different accounts and I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what should roll into what. And, you know, um, and so it becomes, you know, so complicated that they just don't do anything. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it can lead to paralysis and, you know, it's the same idea when you've, you know, you've got big projects around the house and things that you're trying to do, or, you know, maybe you've got a backyard project or you're thinking of all the things that you want to do to improve your, your house or, or whatever it may be. You, if you try to tackle it all at once, you can end up just throwing up your hands and saying, gosh, this is just too much. But if you start tackling those things one at a time, I think you've got a, a lot better chance at success. Yeah, absolutely. So another one of the tips that you mentioned was reviewing your portfolio. And I think summer is a great time to, you know, dip your toes into this. But, you know, for the millennials listening, what in the world are they looking for when they're reviewing their portfolio? Because I think a lot of listeners just don't even know, you know, there's all these numbers, they have no idea what to even look at. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that the thing that everyone should remember is that you don't need to be a certified financial planner or an investment expert to review your portfolio. Really, and with investments, just like anything else, you can you can dive real deep into it. You can get real stuck in the weeds. But if you keep things simple and you look at things from a high level, uh, I think it becomes much more manageable. So even if you don't have much experience evaluating investments, I think when you review your, your portfolio, what you're really looking for is you want to make sure that your 
investments match up with your risk tolerance and your investment objective. And the way to really just keep that very simple is to understand that stocks are riskier than bonds. And while bonds aren't immune from, uh, uh, from, from risk or loss, in general, you want to make sure that you're not overly exposed uh, to stocks if you're if you're getting if you're further along in, in, in your career, if you're just starting out, maybe you can afford to to have more stocks. But also remember trying to make sure that you're diversified. I mean, one of the big things that jumps out is that I see a lot of people that end up either within their 401k plans, they have a lot of their company stock mm, and yeah. they don't even realize how much they have. Um, in general, you really want to be careful. Don't have more than 20% of your portfolio in any stock. And that isn't to pick on someone's company or, you know, this company's bad, so don't do it. Or this company's good, so it's okay. From my standpoint, I don't, I don't care or I'm not concerned with, you know, what the company's future prospects are just from general prudent financial management you really want to be careful that you're not overly exposed to your company stock. Yeah, that's such a good tip. And I think we live in such a different world these days too, that that's ever more important to kind of keep that as a gauge. Yeah. You know, it's bad things happen to good companies and, <laughs> um, and I run across a lot of folks who get emotionally attached to a particular stock and, um, so that's one thing that you really got to watch out for is not being overly exposed to that stock. Don't be overly exposed. If you're concerned about risk and, and you're not able to sleep at night, seeing your portfolio drop by 15 or 20%, you probably shouldn't be invested in an aggressive portfolio or a, or a very heavily weighted stock portfolio. You'd want to keep something a little bit more balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there was just, you know, news. I don't know if you saw that uh, Chipotle had a, you know, data breach. Um, and I don't remember how many stores, but it was all across the United States of people's, you know, information. And I think that we don't often correlate, especially if we're new to investing, things like that that can happen in you know, Chipotle's obviously had their gamut of, <laughs> of right. problems, but um, I think we don't normally watch the news with kind of that perspective or that eye of, wow, if something happens to that company and I own stock in that company, that could have a direct, you know, effect to my my portfolio. And that could be, like you said, any company. It could be an Amazon or a Google or, I mean, who knows, you know? Yeah. And it, it's it's something I see all too common. And, and, and as financial advisors and CFPs were, you could probably relate to this. Sometimes we are, well, I'll refer to myself sometimes to clients as the designated nagging person, right? You know, like <laughs> I need to nag you to, to make sure that you, you, you keep an eye on, on this. And maybe we have the conversation today that's, you know, Hey, you, you 50% of your 401k is in XYZ stock. Uh, this is, a little bit dangerous. Let's start moving in the direction to diversify this. And, you know, we might have that conversation again in six months or a year. And, you know, our jobs would be easy if everybody just kind of just 
you know, did what we recommended. <laughs> Just follow what we say. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I mean, if, if it were easy, anyone could do it, right? Sure. So we all have to m- meet up with clients wherever they are on their financial journey and help them to get to the, the next stage, whatever that may be. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of briefly um, talked about fees. So in just kind of a, you know, a little capsulated guidance here, um, what makes a particular fund expensive? No, that's a great question. And it's the good news for investors is that fees in general have come down. And it's not that fees by themselves are bad, but you need to know what it is you're paying for and how you're paying for it. And if you're investing in index funds or, you know, very, very vanilla large cap stock funds, the fees should be very low. And that the, the most basic way to identify it, if you're investing in mutual funds, and this this is uh, applicable to stock funds and bond funds, whatever the mutual fund may be, is to look at the operating expenses. And it's, re- it's expressed as a, as a percentage. And the way that you want to look at it in general, at minimum, you want to be looking at funds that have expenses under, under 1%. And you could even get more aggressive than that. And so, I think one of the things you need to look for is if you're looking at your 401k menu or you're looking at some funds that might be available within an IRA, whatever the investment account may be. And if you're looking at mutual funds, the lower the cost, the better. So the lower that percentage, that, that operating expense, the better. Now there's a, we could do a whole subject on mutual fund fees alone, Yes. but the first place that I think people need to get comfortable looking at is and you don't have to look too deep for it, uh, but looking at what the operating expense is. And if you've got a lot of funds and those expenses are over 1%, you probably should go back to the drawing board and look at some alternatives that um, that are lower cost than that. And how does that, again, um, you know, if we can say this in kind of a simple way, how does that affect your overall portfolio? I mean, it seems like it makes sense. And yet I think a lot of people are kind of confused over, but how does that really matter? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think the first step is, is getting very comfortable with, um, understanding that even perceived small percentages add up significantly over the long term. So if you want to look at it in a very, very basic way. Let's say you've got two, two mutual funds, mutual fund A, mutual fund B. They are both uh, in the same category. Their, their investment objective is very similar. Let's say they're, they're large cap stock funds. And everything about them is the same, except one has a operating expense of 1%, and the other has an operating expense of 0.5%. Well, a lot of us would look at that and say, wow, I mean, first off, 1% is small. And then if you get down to 0.5%, that's even smaller. I mean, we're talking about very small amounts. Mm. But in reality, they add up to big things over the long term. So that difference in cost is going to filter through right down to your return. So all things being equal, if 
mutual fund A is invested in the same stocks as mutual fund B, and mutual fund B has a 1% operating expense, and mutual fund A has a half of a percent operating expense, your return is basically going to be uh, half a percent more every single year. Right. You every single up. year. Yeah. Yeah. So you add that up over, you know, and someone, and I can understand it. I mean, the, someone could look at that and say, it's just a half a percent, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, how, how big does that add up to? Well, it adds up to a lot if you're compounding that year over year over the course of 20 plus years. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Yep, absolutely. And that kind of rolls into, you know, the last tip, which I think was really great about giving yourself a raise, you know, I think it's, it's really easy to set, you know, especially when you start in your career, like, oh, I can only contribute 2% or 1% or whatever small amount you feel to your uh, retirement savings and just leave it there, you know? Uh, So talk about maybe why this is, this is so important to always keep on your mind. Yeah, it's, you know, we can get into automatic pilot syndrome a lot. And, there's a lot of great things about setting something up where you're just putting money in, you kind of forget about it and, and, and you go the giving yourself a raise is making sure that at least once a year you take whatever you were doing last year and, and increase it. So if you were contributing, let's say you're contributing a hundred dollars a month and you did that all last year, well, let's, we're a year further in, let's make sure we increase that amount. And no amount of increases is too small, right? Because right. you want to move in, 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 in that direction. You want to keep, you want to, if you're putting in a hundred dollars a month now, you want to bump that up to $110 a month or $115 a month, whatever that raise is, you need to give it to yourself. Let's face it. Raises are sometimes hard to come by. And, um, I do run across people that get uh, sometimes a little overly ambitious. (laughs) Maybe if they, if they haven't been putting money away, they come in and they say, I really need to, you know, get on this. So I'm going to start putting, you know, $500 a month into this, this investment account. And they haven't really taking a look at how that might affect their budget. And I am always kind of cautious on that and making sure that they're going to be comfortable with that amount because the last thing you want to have happen is a person to start putting away that $500 a month. They get four months into it and they realize that that's just stretched their budget too much. Now they just stop completely. Right. But if you look at it the other way around and you start small and you gradually give yourself increases over time, it's not going to be such a dramatic blow to the personal budget and the the process will be a lot smoother. So, so I definitely am a big believer of giving yourself a raise each year when it comes to your savings plan. And if you do them incrementally and you don't bite off more than you can chew, the next thing you know, you're going to be socking away some pretty sizable amounts. And, um, and that's just going to be a positive thing in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. These have been amazing tips. David, tell everyone um, not only where they can find you, but you have a free guide that I think everybody should get their hands on. So tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a uh, a guide that kind of reviews, I think, what is important to to a lot of people, and that's ways to increase your savings and also reduce debt. So we always want to pay attention to to both of those things. And I've got a free guide on my site. My website is um, www.theastuteadvisor.com. If you get there, uh, there's a little sign up for the free guide. And I think it'll 
wherever you are on your financial journey, there's going to be something in there for you. And if you're curious about a particular personal finance topic, uh, there's a search option on my site. I welcome uh, your listeners to go there and and type in some uh, finance topics. And I'm sure there'll be something on there for everyone. Awesome. Well, I will make sure and put a link to all of this in the show notes and a link to your spring cleaning article if uh, if people want to kind of review that as well. But you've got just amazing insight on your site, and I think it will definitely be a valuable resource for everyone to go over there and kind of, you know, poke around and, and learn more about all these different topics. Thanks so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, David. We have so enjoyed having you as a guest. Pleasure to be here. 